Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. I'm Himra Chenault, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Lanta Carroll, interim pastor of Families in Formation. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations. Because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Avenue, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit. Where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds, and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us us now. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. When Mary, his mother, was engaged to Joseph, before they were married, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. Because he didn't want to humiliate her, he decided to call off their engagement quietly. As he was thinking about this, an angel from the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because the child she carries was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place so that what the Lord had spoken through the prophet would be fulfilled. Look, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did just as an angel from God commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he didn't have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son. Joseph called him Jesus. Good morning, Park Avenue. I am grateful for the fearless who traveled in this rain and cold this morning to join us to explore the mystery of love. Amen. Let us pray before we go into the Word. God, you say that where two or three gather, your spirit shall be amongst us. So we come just thanking you for your spirit resting in this place. We've felt it through the music. We've heard it through prayer. We've heard it through scripture. And now we come at this time to hear it through your word. We ask that you open our hearts and minds so that we may receive something special, something life-giving from you. And all of Jesus' people say amen. Amen. Amen again. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor the promise of a love that saves. The promise of a love that saves. If you have ever seen or been a part of a wedding ceremony, willing willing or unwilling, maybe you have noticed in the programming a moment where the two individuals face each other and they recite words of promise. And most of you, I'm sure you have heard of it. It says, I promise to love you through sickness and health, for richer or poorer, 
no hair or less hair through all the weight gain. It, re it really doesn't say that, so. But there are a lot of promises. A promise to love through all of the mess and all of the stress that comes with loving another human. People that may make mistakes and at times break your heart. And on that day, those individuals who are involved are mostly all in. Some may be more than others, but we believe in our heart of hearts with the joy and hope that these promises won't be broken. But love can be tricky, especially in a relationship. Sometimes love can feel draining. It has many layers and it comes in different forms, but the same goal is in mind. The same hope in mind. For someone to love you for who you are. T.D. Jake says it's this way. He says, the best love is when someone loves you for who you are and not for what you can do for them. No one wants to be loved for what they have or what they own, but solely for who they are. No strings attached. But fortunately for you and I, this is not a sermon about marriage or relationships. Nor is a sermon about commitment. But I want to focus on what I stated in the title above about a love that saves. All because of a promise made. A promise that extends beyond death do us part. A promise made by God through Christ. A love not based on what God can provide in all of God's ability, but a promise. A promise of a love that saves expressed in the words told in Holy Scripture through a holy birth. The restriction relates to us that Mary would give birth to a son and his name would be Jesus and he would save his people from their sins. Now I know this word sin gives us all some pause because all of us sin. Sin defies not only God's will for our life but sin defies our purpose. So the question is this morning is not entirely about our sins, but we will ask the question and we will attempt to answer this morning. What kind of love shall be provided so that you and I can be saved this morning? That is the question. Yes, we understand the dilemma and the non-answers and the mystery surrounding this miracle birth, this announcement of a virgin birth. But open and acquiring minds would like to know what kind of love saves. How can it save us? What is it about this love that will be provided through Jesus that will cover you and I? What kind of love meets us in our sins? What kind of love can lift us up from the dirt and place us in the valley of safety? What kind of love pardons us from our sins, gives us reprieve on this journey called life? What kind of love saves? And to answer this question, we're going to look at Joseph and Mary, Matthew 1. We're going to look at God's interaction with them. So let's dive into the story. If you have your Bibles, if you have your phone, I would like you to pull out and go to Matthew 1, 
starting at verse 18, which was read earlier. So after finding out about Mary, Joseph in his good intentions not only wanted to protect himself from humiliation and judgment, but also Mary. He had his doubts about this child being born. In fact, he knew it wasn't his child, no DNA test needed. He knew he had only stolen a few kisses from her and to his knowledge, that didn't make babies. Joseph had his doubts, but he wasn't willing to go on Jerry Springer and tell everybody about it. He wasn't going to drag her name through the mud. He was going to leave quietly from the situation. Joseph had his doubts. And we can all see that his doubts were warranted here because in my definition, doubt is the human reaction when facts are missing. Let me give you an example. I doubt I'll be able to make it to your party. I don't know what time I'm getting off. I may be late. Facts are missing. I doubt I'll be able to pay that bill on the Thursday. I get paid on the fifth, and the way that my check is set up, I don't know how much I'll have left to pay you. I doubt I'll be paying that bill. Facts are missing. See, I don't know if I can commit to this Jesus thing because I don't know who wrote all of the books and some books are missing, some are left out. Was Jesus even real? I seen a picture of a white man with blue eyes. When is his birthday? When did he die? Is he a Leo or cancer? I just don't know about this Jesus thing. See, facts are missing. And when facts are missing in a situation, doubt comes calling. And in this situation, there was definitely doubt. So the question would have been, I'm, I'm sure Joseph would have had to answer a few questions. I'm sure his mother was asking and his daddy was asking and his aunties and uncles, who's the daddy would be the most appropriate question. Who has she been with, Joseph? Doubt is what Joseph had. But this love that saves, this love attached to a promise for all of humanity, a love that in this case and in our case replaces doubt with faith. See, Joseph had to be a part of the story. So the word tells us that Joseph in a dream, as he went to sleep, an angel appeared to Joseph. And I imagine in my mind that same angel that Jesus encountered out in the wilderness. That angel that would come and provide comfort and clear up all doubts, show up and provide reassurance. I imagine in this dream the angel says something like this. Look now, Joseph. Son of David. See, son of David, he had to put that heritage, that lineage in there to let us know that, that, that Joseph had a role to play. It was a bigger part of a story. Joseph, look 
now. Son of David, I know you are upset and you have your doubts and it's warranted. I know you've only kissed Mary and that don't make babies. But don't put Mary away. Don't be afraid to marry her for the child she is having is born of the Holy Spirit. The child is from God. The child has been ordained through your lineage. And this son that she is having, I want you to name him Jesus. And he shall save his people from his sins. The words replaced his doubt with purpose and faith. One of the biggest characteristics of a love that saves is a love that provides faith in the midst of doubt. If only a mustard seed is still can save. What kind of love saves? One that reassures us of our purpose, steadies us in a time of uncertainty. A love that replaces doubt with faithfulness is a love that is dependable. We can count on God to be faithful because God is dependable. Deuteronomy 7 9 tells us know therefore that the Lord your God is God the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love God and keeps God's commandments to a thousand generations a thousand generations what kind of love saves a love that replaces doubt with faith. So the angel goes on to say, now all of this will happen. It has been told for generations from prophet to prophet that a child will be born in a virgin birth and the child will be called Emmanuel, God with us. What kind of love saves? A love that is present. God with us. A love that shows up first. A love that has feet and hands and movement. God with us. And because God is with us, then God can save us. If someone says that they are with me or with you, they're saying that what you encounter, I will encounter. If someone says that they are with me, they're saying that I'm going to go through the same thing that you're going to go through. When you celebrate, I will celebrate. If you are affected, then I am affected. If someone says that they are with you, they're walking right alongside you in your journey. If I'm going through something, you're going through it with me. If we say that we love those in need, and we want to help. Then what are we doing in our individual lives and through this church that shows that we are present in that help? How are we showing up? Can those on the margin of society say that PABC is with us? What time and effort are we putting into showing that we love our neighbor as we love ourselves? 
A love that saves is a love that is present. It is in the mess of things. It's on the front lines and the back lines. It's battling racism and discrimination. It's in the thick of things. God love saves because God's love is present through Jesus Christ. God walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death and God guides us with God's wisdom and courage. We have no fear so we speak up. We speak out. And then we're present. What kind of love saves? A love that replaces doubt with purpose and faith. What kind of love saves? A love that is present. What kind of love saves? A love that is forgiving. Think about how much forgiveness was, need, was needed in order for Jesus to be conceived Joseph, son of David, son of David, David needed God's forgiveness. <laughs> All the mess that he was involved in. What kind of love saves? A love that is forgiving. If David was alive today, he would be on CNN, Fox, MSNBC, TMZ, World Star. I mean, scandal after scandal. David needed God's forgiveness. And in turn, that saved him and allowed this promise that we've been talking about to come into the world and set the world on fire with love. Saved from being lost. St. Augustine, he's known as the doctor of the church in Catholic uh, traditions. He says this, forgiveness is the remission of sins, for it is by this that what has been lost and was found is saved from being lost again. Saved from being lost again. A love that is forgiving looks at our past actions, at our past struggles, and responds in love where most often there was a response of judgment. I'm gonna say that one more time. A love that is forgiving a love that is forgiving looks at your past actions and your past struggles and most often it, it, where judgment would be, when someone would be pointing the finger at you. Love is there instead. That which is lost could not be found if forgiveness was not involved. Because the bridge to forgiveness could not be crossed. Because forgiving, forgiveness is a mending process, see? It blesses not only the forgiven, but the forgiver. It allows us to love our enemies. It allows us to pray for those who talk all kind of mm about us. It's a mending process. 
A love that saves requires forgiveness. What kind of love saves? A love that replaces doubt with purpose and faith. What kind of love saves? A love that is present. What kind of love saves? A love that is forgiving. Final one, what kind of love saves? A love that is obedient to the word of God. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. What kind of love saves? A love that is obedient. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. Joseph heard what was told to him by the angel and he followed direction. He in his reassurance became obedient to God's will. And if we are to be a part of and be involved in a love that saved, then we should be obedient to God's direction. So our love, it goes back to that old Corinthians about love. If you're going to be obedient, then our love has to be patient. If you're going to be obedient, then our love has to be kind. Your love has to not boast or be envious. If our love is to be obedient, then it cannot be proud. It should not dishonor others. It shouldn't be self-seeking or easily angered. A love shouldn't hold old grudges. Should not delight in evil, but rejoice in the truth. Our love should always protect, always trust, always hope, always preserve. What kind of love saves? A love that is obedient to the word of God. Our love, a love that saves, should change generations. It should uproot hatred, plant seeds of love and compassion. So I'll ask you again, I'll ask the question, and anyone that asks you what kind of love saves? A love that replaces doubt with purpose and faith. A love that is present. A love that is forgiving. A love that is obedient to the word of God. So let that be a lifestyle. Let it be a passion of yours. Let it be who you are from the inside out. Let it store something in you and give you life and give life to all of those that you encounter. What kind of love saves? Our love saves. If it's faithful, if it's present, if it's forgiving, if it's obedient. All of God's people say amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. 
Now go into the world that is too often unjust. Knowing that the God who created you loves you and empowers you. To love boldly. Live inclusively. And to serve creatively. Amen. Amen.